Welcome back, everybody. It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. You're with the WL team, Lyle and Lawson. Joining us in the studio is one of the big bosses from <laughs> head office down in Victoria, Robbie Bergen. Uh, great to have you as part of the program. I love the title. I'm going to get new cards. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a you can go back to You can go back down to Melbourne and tell Michael Engelbrecht that you're one of the big bosses now. <laughs> Big boss. Okay, so we've got a bit of a backlog of text messages has come through. Oh, let's go. I love uh, it. Let me see here. As for a pill to replace food, here you go, Lawson. <laughs> did we already do this one? I think we might have. It talked uh, about no, how God I don't is... think we did. Okay. I, don't, I don't think we did. We probably got... We need to about, do about 10 on this one, but anyway. Um, God spent time and thought on the food which would be best for his created beings and gave us an amazing variety yeah, we did this for one. us to taste and replace, and you want us to replace it with a bit. We just had to do it again. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Just rubbing it in for you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. okay. I get it. No one agrees with me. <laughs> Even in heaven, okay, we didn't do this one. Even in heaven, we will be eating food forever. Yeah, amen. See? Yeah, I understand. In the shape of a little pill. This is, this, is my, this is my one chance to get a little bit of dignity back, seeing as Lawson smashed me on the quiz. <laughs> on the second clue, which was like the toughest one of them all, I still don't even know how, well, I know, I do know how it relates, but kind of vaguely. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, all right. Uh, reality TV is really a way for people to lose their minds living a lie and escape into nothing. Mm. There is nothing more sad than that. But just shows the state that the world is in is caused by a stressful society that needs to escape reality. I think that's actually a really good comment because mm. people are escaping reality by watching something that is billed as being reality, mm. but is not reality. Yeah. Well, they're having like this parasocial connection with these characters in this real setting that actually, that's the drive of reality TV is that it's, it's, it's pretending to be outside the realms of fiction. So you could potentially connect with these people. And I think one of the issues here is that people have lost the social connection that we used to have. Mm. We used to have community where there would be, you know, all kinds of things happening in the community that we would engage with. We used to have community when we, you know, the majority of Australians once used to go to church and they would have community at church. Mm -hmm. And now that we no longer have community, we no longer have social connection and we've replaced social connection with digital connections that we have, Mm. you know, on screens, online, on TV and I think you're very right there, Lawson. This is the appeal of it because people build a relationship with somebody that they're seeing on a TV screen, but they're not building a relationship with anyone who's real. So there's like the the kind of updated modern version of reality TV is this thing called live streaming, uh, which is really exploded, particularly during the COVID era. But during the 2010s, uh, you know, live streaming of people who, you know, play video games or instruments or whatever, like they, they do it on websites like YouTube and Twitch. Essentially what it's created is the, the phenomenon of the parasocial relationship. Um, that word parasocial me- meaning like it not social like essentially that you know this person and they don't know you back yet you have a relationship with them because they're a real person and then they're like hey you know you subscribe to me donate money da 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 i'm doing this skill or whatever and you subscribe to them and then it's like oh thank you you know if i was to give them money thanks lawson for giving me you know 10 bucks yeah good for you and something or other and and in some like live streams they have like rewards that if someone donates this much then the person will do a certain thing that is related to whatever their hobby or topic is. And yeah, this has just created a spiral essentially of people just not connecting 
outside of the computer screen and it's it's really it's, it's sad. sad it's, it's sad, sad and it's lonely and church is definitely the answer amen there you go okay so reading the bible in america 181 million that's about two-thirds of the population that is really good news god allowed COVID to make people realize their need of him there is much more on the way god is good he will do anything to save you amen and then we got a text for robbie bergen <laughs> oh uh, the, big, my the big boss, who is the <laughs> content producer. So here it comes, Robbie. This one's for you. Uh, Robbie, great show, really uplifting and encouraging. Keep up the good work. Oh, no, that thank was, you very much. That was yeah, epic. Praise God. <laughs> oh. That wasn't my wife, go, was it? Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, thank you. But thank whoever you. Was, that was, that was that sent that one in, yeah, we'll give you a pay rise. No. <laughs> um, so that came through. And so, yes, don't forget that Robbie's show uh, does take place now. It's been moved to 10 a.m. on Mondays from 9. It's now on at 10 a.m. So mm. you can catch Robbie there. That's um, Oh, another text message coming here. Uh, okay, Ooh, another another one for you, Lawson. Here we go. Awesome, Food man. and hospitality is a centre of all Christian fellowship. A pill just doesn't cut it. I understand. Are you, are you like, going red? Like, yeah. You're because, going red, um, aren't you? I feel I'm just getting attacked, man. The point is, I get it. I literally, I became a Christian through food, this has I been the, This has been the pick on Lawson. More. No, I, I love it. I became a Christian through food. Like, these chicks knocked on my door and asked me if I wanted to hang out with them. And they were like, yeah, we'll shout you grilled. And I was like, well, of course, I'm going to hang out with you. And then that just snowballed one thing to another. I made friends with Adventists and then became an Adventist. Like, I understand the importance of food. I'm a part of ministries where food is in involved like I, I you know especially because i'm doing you know uni ministry now yes. a huge I, I run a vegan cooking class like guys i understand <laughs> i understand the importance of food i'm just saying it'd be super cool if i could just take a pill and then just live in the wilderness and have no issues needing to be sustained the axe model of evangelism amen <laughs> you know the axe model of evangelism they continue to daily in the apostles doctrine and food and prayer amen yes i believe that yeah, amen. <laughs> Let's get to our Bible study, guys. Yes. Uh, Mark chapter 10 is where we're going to go through first, and we're going to be looking at the concept of ransom, buying back. Ooh. Okay, so that's the concept that we're looking at particularly here. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Robbie, I'm wondering whether you can uh, dig that one up for us there, please. So that's Mark 10 and verse 45. So we've got a couple of, uh, number of verses here. Yep. Uh, let's have a look here. So 10:45. Uh, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Mm. Okay, so what does the word ransom mean, and why does the Bible use the word ransom in this context, where the, the Bible speaks about um, Jesus coming to serve and to give his life? Mm. Well, ra- like a ransom, you know, is usually said in the context of like a hostage situation. It's usually a really negative word, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's got really bad connotations around it. Um, but it's essentially, you know, paying for, it's like paying for something, right? Like, okay. and he uses it in here. He uh, g- gave his life as a ransom. There are different parts in the Bible where it's like Jesus pays a ransom for all. I believe that's in, in Timothy chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, essentially, it's like this exchange of of verse 6 no not verse 6 yes first timothy 2 verse 6 Oh, okay. Is that on the Bible study today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Run ahead of us it's, there, Lawson. It's, it's, yeah, specifically that passage, three to six. I love it. But, yeah, so it's essentially like, you know, paying for something that is 
you know, uh, I guess if a we, life, a life, yeah, paying for a life. All right, so we're going to dig a little bit more into it. In fact, we're going to go to First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 6, which mm. is uh, where Lawson was referencing. We're going to look at that in just a bit of in a moment. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, Lawson, First Timothy 2 verse 6. You send us there. What oh, does it have to say? Man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to read it out of the uh, the... The NLT. This NLT. is like Let me one of my. Bible. I've got a real Bible over here. This is one of my <laughs> favorite passages in the Bible. Like without a doubt, every time I preach on the the idea of the gospel, yes. um, and and Jesus saving us, I use this passage. You've gone too far, Lyle. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, it's it's alright. I can I can read it from here. Um, or maybe no. Nah, let's first, get, let's first, get the KJV. Let's get uh, the KJV uh, perspective. Real, 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 real translation here for yeah, everybody. So, first Timothy two and verse six. The Bible says, "Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time." Mm. So, what does it say in yours? I'm going to read from verse three because that's. I feel oh, okay. like this is where it is. So, this is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants. Everyone to be saved and to understand or come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is only one God and one mediator reconcile, uh, who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. I kind of mixed up the translations there. I was going to say, <laughs> verse 6 in the NLT sounds a lot like yeah, the KJV no, that's, to that's, me. That's, that's, the, that's the KJV because that's what I read it in usually. But oh, this passage is so epic. It's like so awesome. All right, so this is this is your go-to passage. Uh-huh. Clearly. Uh-huh. Tell us all about it. Break it down for us. Oh, okay. So essentially, I'm going to just get the New King James out cuz I, I like it more. Um essentially uh, in the in the first section of this chapter, it talks about praying for all men. Um and how we should pray, you know, for those who are leading, those who are in power, doing all those different kinds of things. Um and and then it gives the reason as to why uh, it says, you know, introduced is in verse three. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. So it's like, oh, the reason we pray for all people is because this is what God wants us to do. God as our Savior. But then it goes on verse four. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So it's the reason God desires us to pray for all people is because he desires for all of them to be saved. Like, this is God's desire. But uh, something I love pointing out here is that a desire is only worth as much as it's w- as, as someone's willing to give to obtain it. So, for example, like, if I turn around tomorrow and I'm like, you know what? I want to become the World Surfing League champion. I want to smoke Kelly Slater and Mick Fanning and, and, and win. Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to serve those massive pipelines and beat them. What like I could say that I have a desire to do that, but it would amount to nothing if I wasn't willing to then, you know, jump in the gym, train twenty four seven, like do what they do, where they like suddenly constantly sit there with their radar programs or whatever, and just chase waves all day to try and practice and practice and practice. You know, trying to basically like they will just pick wherever they live. They've got they'll they'll go within you know, two, three, four hours. I'll just chase the waves up the coastline trying to find where is the best place to go and surf that day so that they can get their practice in so that they're prepared for those competitions. Um, furthermore, surfing is an incredibly dangerous sport. 
where you're risking your life every time you do it. Like people die surfing, even in recent and modern times. Like if, but my point is, is that if I'm not willing to give everything to then go and win, uh, you know, the WSL league, then my desire that I say that I have to win it actually amounts to nothing. But the Bible says here that God has a desire for all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, verse five shows us what that actually took. It says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Then verse six come in, comes in, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So it's like God has a desire for all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Well, what did it take for him to be able to achieve that? Well, a mediator was created, a a bridge, if you will, between God and man to be reconciled so that man could be saved. And how, you know, what was the means of that mediator? Like, how did they accomplish their goal of all men being saved or giving the opportunity for all men to be to be saved? Well, they paid a ransom for all. They died in our place. And that's where this this passage for me, like, it just shows the God, like, what Jesus gave in his life on Calvary had the ability, like, Jesus gave everything. He gave his life, and that was what it cost, you know, to save all people. Furthermore, like, God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, so he gives, he gives a sacrifice that is worthy for all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. He doesn't give, you know, a, a sacrifice that is just good enough for those who would pick salvation, but rather he, like, loses on his investment. God desires all men to be saved and come for a knowledge of the truth. He makes the payment for all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth, yet not all men choose to be saved. And yeah, to me, that's where this passage is so beautiful, that God pays a ransom for all, even those who aren't going to accept it. That's 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 fantastic there, Lawson. I, I just want to come and I, I want to come here next time you preach this sermon. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry. I'm like yeah, I'm sorry. talking just, a lot. I'm like just go for it. I'm, I'm, I'm so sit here and shut up. Passionate about this passage because I feel like this kind of uh, this transaction that takes place between God and humanity, um, this ransom being paid, and Jesus is the one who does it through His life. Like this is like the well, you know, the Bible says, and this is how we know that God loves us that He gave His Son. Um, as a perpetuate, propitiation for all, gave his son as a sacrifice for all. Like, this is where we truly see the gospel, the love of God, and what he's done for us is through Jesus paying a ransom for us. That's fantastic. Let's, let's look at it from a slightly different perspective now, and we'll go to Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. Robbie, <laughs> yeah, if you could read that go. one for us. Uh, yep. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. Let's see what it says over there. And... I want to draw out, I want, I want to try and create a bit of an illustration. It's going to be hard for the average person to really wrap our heads around this, but we'll make it as real as we can. Mm. Go for it, Robbie. All right. It says, and they sung a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God. We shall reign on the earth. Okay, so there's an interesting thought here because uh, the last two passages talk about ransom. We've been mm. ransomed. Here the Bible says redeemed. Mm. What, is, what does that word mean and how does it relate to ransom? Is this the same thing that's happening here, Robbie? So it, I was just going to say before, but you know, Lawson was on his 
preaching <laughs> the, the interesting thing right like in english it's it's a great language because we all speak it but it's also not the language of the bible yes and so we're dealing with translation here right and so the word ransomed in the original language depending on where it's used and how it's used it actually it, it, it probably sometimes better fits to be the word atone and so right. in english that word was created specifically to translate the word out of the bible right and for our listeners that may not know, that word is three words brought together. So there's the at, one, and meant, or a state. So it's the state of bringing two parties to one. And that word redamp- uh, uh, ransomed is that word that, that conveys the idea that through this act, Christ has brought two sides together mm. into a state of one. And that's what we see played out in this passage here in Revelation, right? So, like, it's saying that the cry is is that you're worthy, you've taken the, the scroll, you've been slain, and you have redeemed us. And so this idea of redemption and ransom is very much connected. Mm. There is slight you know, nuances, I don't know how deep you want to get into that, but it, this process of bringing two parties that are apart together and that happens through and in and by Christ. It's mm-hmm. powerful imagery. Mm, absolutely. The, there's like a connotation there with like the word redeem, it, it, this idea of an elevation taking place, like from a, like a lower state to a higher state. And now we know that that state is, you know, these people who are being redeemed to God, it's from being lost and in sin and, you know, bound to die mm. to all of a sudden they are, as we said before, their they're, they're atonement's taking place. They've come back to God. But a part of that is that their sins have been removed from them, that they are redeemed. They are brought out of their moral, you know, physical decay to, you know, converted back into the image of God. And you, cool. see, you see that, right? Like in the last part of the passage, it says that they've now been made kings, yeah. Like, talk about elevation, right? <laughs> <laughs> elevation to uh-huh. extreme. Like, you, mm. yeah, it's powerful. Mm. Okay, so let's think about this then from this perspective, uh, and let's let's try and, and create somewhat of an illustration. Both of you guys are very well-traveled um, internationally <laughs> and so forth. Ever been in a situation where you were in danger of, I don't know, maybe being kidnapped and held for money? Yes. Really? Yes. I wasn't expecting to have that answer. So close to it. I wasn't kidnapped, right? Sure. But I was close to it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Uh, Robbie, we were asking the yes. question. Okay, yes. so we're, we're, we're all yes. well-travelled people. Have you ever been in a situation where there was the potential of being kidnapped and held for ransom or something, you know, similar, similarly bad happening? Yes. But, I, I, yeah, I, I'll tell you the story and then you tell me if it was a... Uh, if the suspense that you've built me up to now <laughs> was too much, all right? Okay, well, we, we kept people listening over the song break. Very good. I'll, I'll keep you in your job now. <laughs> okay, so it was about 2009, I think it was, and I was invited to go to Colombia, South America. Ooh. Yeah, that's a country that's got potential for that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, if, if, if people, people don't know, Colombia has, like, the longest sort of running guerrilla warfare, civil war. It's not really civil war, but it's like civil war sort of thing. It's been running for like decades, right? You've got warlords, mm, drug yeah. lords. It's, it's craziness. And so I, I was invited to go there and to speak in two cities. One is called Bogota, which is the capital yep. up in the north, and one's called Cali, which is down in the south west of the country, right? Mm. Now, in Colombia... This is one of, also one of the countries that has one of the highest murder rates in the world. Yes, and kidnapping of foreigners, right? <laughs> so, wow, so appealing. Perfect ingredient. <laughs> But I was asked, I felt called, so I went. And so I was in Bogota, I did a series of presentations. Then they said, you got to go to Cali for the next day to record in the TV studio. I'm like, all right, cool, no worries, how are we getting there? 
we're driving. Like, no problem. How far is it? Oh, it's going to be two days. Okay, how far is it? Oh, it's only like, I, don't, I forget how long it is, but it's like on the map, it should only take like a couple of hours, right? But it's going to take two days. And the reason for that is, is that we have to back up like in this like Jeep thing. Like it's the same, like out of movies, right? There's a Jeep's got like bullet holes in the front. It's like green and dusty and stuff. I'm like, okay. So they put me in the back seat. Everyone else there is local. I'm the only foreigner. And so we're driving over these hills. So you stand out like a sore oh, thumb. Sore thumb, right? And does it got a roof? No. Oh, it's got like, it's got like the, the collapsible. The, the bikini. Yeah, yeah the bikini, bikini type thing. The yeah. canvas thing. So we're driving along, right? And we're driving for hours and it's like bumping on, going on the rock. Like there's no paved road. It's all like, you know, jungle driving. And so we're going over there. And then my translator turns to me and says, Hey, um, uh, brother, brother, I tried to do the accent, right? Brother, uh, time for you to hop down. I'm like, hop down. What do you mean? I'm sitting in my chair right in the back seat. He's like, hop down. I'm like, what, what do you mean? He says, lay on the floor. You know, like the, the footwell? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So he says, yes. lay down there. I'm like, okay. So I lay down there. And then he's like, faster, faster, faster. I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm trying to get my seatbelt and stuff off and I'm trying to get down on the floor. And then they throw blankets on me. They throw suitcases on me. They cover me up, right? And then all of a sudden the car stops. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I didn't see anything. I didn't know anything. I just get told by my translator, brother, get down, get down. And it's like real panic. So I'm, I'm laying there. And all of a sudden we stop. And then you just hear this exchange of like heated, Spanish. heated Spanish, right? And I, I, my Spanish at that point was pretty little. It's still pretty little, but, and anyway, so after what took probably about, I don't know, five, six minutes and the car sort of starts back up and starts moving along. My translator goes, okay, get up, get up. So I get up and I said, what's going on? He's like, we just passed the gorilla checkpoint. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, they're looking for foreigners because they kidnap them, hold them ransom for money. That's how they do their business. Like that's how they make money. And I'm like, did you, you fail to tell me that part when I'm leaving Bogota to go to Cali, right? And so, yeah, that's the, that's as close as I came to it. I mean, as we're driving off, I sort of got a peek through the the, the, the um, sheets and stuff to see at the back the, the checkpoint, and they're all carrying like I know the AK-47s, but I like to say the AK-47s, like machine gun type stuff, right? All in their camo gear and. Yeah, it was pretty intense. And I'm like, is there any more coming up? Should I stay down here a bit longer? And you're like, I will tell you when we see. Because that, it's not like a permanent you know, yeah. border crossing. It's like wherever they decide to put a, a checkpoint. So they're looking for for people that they can um, take money from or foreigners to kidnap. And so, yeah, that was my claim to fame. True story. When we left, Kelly, I flew. Yes. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to do it again. <laughs> I don't blame yeah. you. Now... Let's say that in that particular circumstance, you know, they decided to do a bit of a more thorough search. They found you under there. They yes. dragged you off into the jungle and held you for a couple of years as hostage uh, until somebody came along and came up with the money to ransom you. And we hear these kinds of stories from time to time where Australians get kidnapped overseas and their family will pull out all stops. Yep. You know, they will, they will start a GoFundMe. They will... Uh, they will, you know, they'll put their, 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 they'll mortgage their house. They will double mortgage their house. They will, you know, they will ruin themselves for the rest of their lives financially to be able to pay the ransom to get this person out. How would you feel if somebody did that for you? Mm. And then if it still was not enough money, let's say that it was not enough money and they've, 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 they've double mortgaged their house. They've, they've raised every cent they can. Mm. They can't raise enough money, and so they just travelled to Colombia and said, "Here, take me in exchange." Well, wow. how would you feel about that person? Man. And how would you feel if that person and, th- and they said, "Yeah, sure, we'll take you in exchange," and just you know, uh, brutally murdered them over the next few hours? 
of you know torture. Wow. Like, could you do? Could you even do it? Like, if you were in that situation, right? And I, I guess uh, I don't know if it should affect you, but depending on who it was, like, what if it was a complete stranger? Would you feel different if it was a family member or a complete stranger? Like, how? Like, knowing that that person's going to suffer in your place, I mean, how mm. could you do it? How could you say, yeah, take, I'll swap with you. Come on, let's swap. Like, how could you do that? Like, it'd be so tough. It would be incredibly tough. And when you come back as the survivor from that right. experience, knowing what your salvation cost, would that change your life? Mm. I think it would. I don't think anybody could go through an experience like that and not have their life radically changed. I remember there was this Australian guy a few years ago. I forget, I forget all the details of the story. All I know is he was held hostage for, I think it was Iraq. He was working with the contractors and stuff when the war started. And he was like, I think two years and they got him out, but he had like survivor's guilt because, you know, the cost that people put into it. I think some people lost their life in the operation to extract him. And he's had like this guilt of like, is my life worth what that guy gave his life for? Mm. And I think if you had that in perspective, you'd go, yeah, you know what? I, I, I have an obligation to, to live make my life worth yes. that. Yeah. Wow. And the simple reality is, is that's what Jesus did for us. Mm. And the Bible says that he did it for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. He despised the shame because it was worth it. Mm. Because you were worth it. As an individual, you were individually worth the life of God. And that should affect our lives. That should, that, you know, the fact that Jesus has paid the ransom for us, that should affect the way that we live the rest of our lives. It should be something that plays on our mind. And every day when we wake up, we should ask ourselves the question, am I making it, am I making my life mm. worth it? Mm. Make it count. Make it count. Absolutely. I, I really want to leave you with that thought this morning. We can go on and talk about a whole bunch of other ideas. We're going to pick them up tomorrow. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, Lyle. Yes. That means it's now time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lyle. Our question today is, you know, we're talking a little bit about ransom, hostage situations. Redemption, redeeming. Yes, these kinds of things. And our question today is, who does Jesus pay the ransom to? It's a really, really <laughs> interesting question, isn't it? This is mm. a good question. Okay. And the reason this comes up because it is, is there are those out there who would say, well, uh, if a ransom is being paid and we are in the control of Satan, then clearly the ransom is being paid to Satan. So do we then have Jesus negotiating with terrorists mm. and paying Ooh. terrorists money? The Americans don't. Americans don't do that. Nope. <laughs> and are Americans more but moral does, than but Jesus? Does, but does Jesus do that? And is Jesus paying Satan? And does Jesus owe Satan something? Mm. This is a good question. Mm. It is. Okay. And the Bible is very, very clear on the answer to this question. We're going to read a, a well-known passage here in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 where the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so what does the Bible say that the wages of sin is? Death. Death. What is sin? Transgression of the law. Simple, simple definition. First John uh, chapter three and verse four. Sin is transgression the transgression of, the of God's law. So what is it then that is demanding our death? Is it Satan that is demanding our death, or is it the law that is demanding our death? The law. 
I'm going with the law. Absolutely. The law demands our death. This is God's law, and God's law demands our death. So when Jesus pays the ransom, when Jesus pays, when Jesus redeems, because when you use the word ransom, the word ransom, you know, and, and, and as Robbie pointed out, a better translation is atonement, at one man, but it doesn't rule out the concept of, uh, you know, when you look at the whole redemption principle that you have in the Old Testament, there's a purchase that takes place there. Mm. If you, you know, you redeem somebody who's in slavery or whatever it might be, there is, or you redeem the land, you are purchasing the land. There is payment that is being made, and it is abhorrent to our thought that Jesus would be paying Satan mm. and negotiating with a terrorist. That's not the case. You see, it is the law. The one who gets paid is the one who is demanding our death. Mm. Mm. It is not Satan who is demanding our death. It is the law that is demanding our death, and therefore the ransom, the payment, is being made to the law. Well, your your text in Romans takes me to Romans chapter 8. Yes. Think about this verse. Yes. In chapter, let's start verse 3, 3 and 4. It says, For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son. There's our, there's our redemption, right? There's our yes. redeeming. Yes. And then verse 4, it says that. So why did he send him? That the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled. Mm. Yes. So Christ's coming is to fulfill the requirements, the righteous requirements of the law. Mm. And we haven't fulfilled it, therefore we die. And Christ steps in to take our place so that the righteous requirements can be fulfilled. So the righteous requirements of the law is that the wages of sin is death, mm-hmm. and so Jesus dies. Yeah, he if, fulfills the righteous requirements of the law. If Satan had his way, no death would need to be made because... He wants you to. Well, he he, well, he <laughs> wants us. He actually wants to be alive. Like the other way around, he wants to live, uh, you know, in contrary to the law without death. Mm. This is what Satan wants for for mostly for himself. And for he himself, uses, yes. And he uses us as a vehicle to be able to get that. Yeah. But no, rather, like God establishes the law and keeps the integrity of the law by coming and dying for us. Okay, so this whole concept that, you know, Satan, that Jesus died, uh, and if you teach redemption or ransom as the Bible does from one end to the other, you are teaching that Jesus paid Satan for something, then that's a complete red herring that is a straw man. Nobody's teaching that. The Bible teaches that it was the law that was paid by Jesus' death. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.